All right, we're here with Scott Lidskin. We're going through state meet week, going with three different previews. Scott, what stood out to you from the semi-state last week? Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff, I guess you could say. I, I think um, on the girls' side, uh, how well Carmel girls ran, I thought that was really impressive. Um, how much Chesterton dominated the New Prairie semi-state. We thought that, you know, them and Valpo would have a real closer battle than they did, of course. Um, the tie up at New Haven, which I thought was crazy on that girls' side of uh, Carroll and Homestead. I can't remember last time teams tied for a semi-state championship. Um, the, the Brown County girls one, I think, pretty kind of went to form a little bit. Uh, the boys' side, um, you know, here at, at Shelbyville, the kind of the, I don't know, the verification, is that the right word, that Brebuff is is back and, and the real deal? Stood You're the English out. teacher. Yeah. And um, probably, um, again, I, I think uh, the maybe some of the, the smaller school qualifiers on the boys' side I thought was kind of neat with uh, Morgan Township and um, was it Austin uh, yeah. that made it? And um and New Haven. I mean, there's just all kinds of great storylines. The, the the Northridge boys ran so well to make it. I mean, it's just it was a it was a great weekend for cross country, that's for sure. The the semi state is essentially all we have right now, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen at the state meet. Now, of course, we have an entire season that happened beforehand, but it kind of feels like sometimes we end up the week of the state meet we kind of ignore the whole rest of the season <laughs> and focus specifically on what happened at the semi-state. So looking back through all the years of your experience, how telling is the semi-state round in terms of what we will see at the state meet? Yeah, we do get uh, recency bias, right? Um, I think, you know, it, it's such a good question. You know, you, you sent me that question earlier today. I've been thinking about it all day and, I think it matters, you know, in certain instances, I think, you know, it seemed like, let's say the Brebuff boys, I think you, you have to use the recency bias because they're not the same team they were four or five weeks ago. Um, but I do think, um, and actually I, I would love to hear your take on this too. I, I almost feel like in many ways for a lot of teams, maybe not the teams that are vying to win the state championship, but for, for many, many of these teams, the semi-state meet is a more pressure-packed meet than the state meet is. And I think that impacts performance at the semi-state oftentimes more negatively than positively. And so when those teams don't run well at semi-state, I think we go, oh man, you know, they're fading or they're done or, or they're, you know, they're, they're on the, the, the way down when they may just have had you know, maybe not awesome reaction to the pressure. And now that they don't have the pressure to qualify for anything anymore, it might return back to the norm. Going by that, then, do you think that among the top teams, teams in the mix to win or in the mix to finish in the top five, will probably see some slippage among those teams, right? Uh, you know, possibly, but I, I, I think that interestingly, it's just been a strange year in Indiana cross country for boys and girls. When you consider the, the, the potential medal stand teams, there just seemed to be, you know, like five, six, seven teams, and then a kind of a drop off. So I still think you're looking at those same five, six, seven teams on the boys side and girls side that are, that are going to 
wind up on the medal stand just because I think there's just a talent difference between, let's say, the, the, the 10th or 11th best team and the 6th best team. I don't think that 10th or 11th best team is going to have a, as good a chance as, as maybe in some years to sneak onto the medal stand. Do you think state meet experience matters? I do. I think state meet experience matters, and I think experience on that course matters. Um, I think that um, the Terre Haute course itself is, um, is unusual uh, compared to most of the courses we run in Indiana. I mean, you know, here in central Indiana, you could run at the Brownsburg course, and that isn't going to feel radically different than the Noblesville course, than the Ben Davis course, than the Shelbyville course. Um, and I don't know if that's true, you know, in, in other parts of the state, but I'm guessing there are not a whole lot of courses that are very similar to Terre Haute, not even just in terms of being hilly, because I don't think Terre Haute's as hilly as everybody thinks it is, but where the hills are located um, and the fact that the first 2K is very quick um, and, it, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's tempting to, to really you know, crank it out in that first 2K it might feel easy because it's mostly downhill and flat. So I just don't think we have a lot of courses like that. Plus the experience in the state meet matters because, you know, we can say what we want about being just another meet or, you know, I like coaches, say, oh, you know, to their kids, ah, it's just another invitational. It's not, it's, it's a different meet. It's a different beast in terms of, you know, the quality of competition and what's at stake. So having experienced that and experience on the course, I think is very helpful. Do you, do you think tradition matters? I do. Um, we talked about this last week, I think, with the West Lafayette girls um, at uh, their, their semi-state performance. And that um, was a little prophetic. You know, they not only wound up making it, they were fifth, you know, in their semi-state. I wouldn't even say it was really, really close. Um, it's a program with great tradition. I just think particularly the teams with great tradition that have had a stable coaching situation for, you know, for long periods of time, take the Bloomington North Bloomington South boys. They have great tradition of making it to the state meet. And so, you know, their kids should, you know, have a certain level of confidence that their coaches know how to prepare them for the state meet. Now I will say that I think state meet success, when you, know, you use the word tradition, I don't know what, you know, is that traditionally strong programs or is that traditionally strong state meet performance teams? I think the teams that traditionally perform better at the state meet are going to go in a little bit more confident because they know their coaches have them ready for that meet. So I do think it, that, you know, that part of tradition can be very helpful. What, what's one non-contending boys team you're interested in on Saturday? <laughs> no, there's so many of them. I guess since um, I, I've kind of uh, last week was the, the new Prairie uh, semi-state. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Person who isn't, who's talking about the new Prairie semi-state last week. I'll go with the Valpo. Yeah, there you go. I'll go with the Valpo boys. Um, they are not right now a, a state championship caliber team. But if I noticed correctly, I think they have three freshmen running in, the, in their top seven. And I think that's really interesting. You don't see that very often, that three of your top seven as freshmen. And I think their number one guy is uh, Dillabo is only a junior. So I'm really interested to see, you know, how they handle the, the pressure and how they handle this situation and, and set themselves up maybe for a state title run in a year, two years, three years. Of, 
of the non-contending girls teams that you are not employed by, which one interests you the most on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, it would have been real easy for me to say Westfield. <laughs> it's also real easy for me to say uh, Floyd Central is because I've been you know, on their bandwagon all year. So I'm not going to go number that two, route. Number two in the coaches poll, Scott. That's right. You found somebody or a group of people that loves Floyd Central more than I do and more maybe even than Floyd Central does themselves. I, I, well, I called you the Snoop Dogg of uh, yeah. Floyd Central. You're so high on them. <laughs> but I, I told somebody else when I saw the poll that apparently we found Cheech and Chong. <laughs> yeah, it would be easy for me to go with them. I do like them. Um, but uh, you know what I'm really interested in? I, there, and I think we'll talk more about one of these things a little in a minute or two here. But the two, one of the two things I think that we haven't, you and I haven't talked a lot about this year for whatever reason, just the way that our conversations have gone, is that New Haven girls semi-state. We just haven't talked a lot about it. And, you know, the, the Carroll girls are a team I'm really curious about because I don't, I just don't know that we've seen them run against Carmel, Columbus North, North Central, Westfield, you know, the, the Noblesville team. Like we haven't seen them run against a lot of these teams very frequently. So I don't think we have a really good feel for just how good Carroll is. You see some rankings have them, fourth, fifth, some have them ninth, 10th. Um, so I'm really intrigued by, you know, where they're going to fall in, in this, in the state meet, uh, you know, final results, because they're like, you just, we, they're a traditionally strong program. They've traditionally run well on this course. Uh, but, you know, they, they, they barely held off Homestead. And I, I don't, I don't, we haven't talked about Homestead since maybe like week one of the, of our podcast here. So really interested to see how they perform. You were talking earlier about the the top five or six boys teams and and how deep it is on the boys side. And Derek had said this. I don't think it was on a podcast. It must have been uh, I was talking to him some other time. And he noticed that, you know, there are a lot of boys teams that brought back four, five, six from podium level teams last year. And that's probably why it's so strong. Makes sense. Um, here, here's a fun fact from last week. Let me, let me get your, your reaction to this. Okay. So the, the six projected boys teams, the top six, and that seems a pretty clear cut top six, right? It does. It really does. Um, of those teams, those were also the top six teams last year. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I, I wonder if that's ever happened. I mean, that the, the same exact, six again they'll be in different order you know most likely obviously but most likely uh, right but um but yeah that is that is an amazing stat what what do you make of this then last year as we're we're preparing for this week and maybe look back historically to see what we could expect last year all of those six teams improved their incc stats rating from the semi-state to the state meet Certainly, you know, in our, you and I are coaches. So we, we look at things from a coaching perspective. So that, first of all, you give all, you know, almost all the credit to those athletes on those teams for doing what they needed to do in the last 12 months to improve. But I think you can't underestimate how good of a job all of these coaches of these six teams have done this season, all dealing with various, you know, blips with injuries or, illnesses or you know just like every team has but obviously with more at stake and trying to navigate and get to 
Halloween weekend ready to win. And let's be honest, you know, I, I, obviously you're one of those coaches, but all six of those teams are in a position to win. I mean, they, they, they're all ready to go. Yeah, that, I mean, that's so interesting that last year, all of those teams improved at the state meet from the way they performed at the semi-state. And that's with, you know, you talked about the added pressure that most of those teams probably didn't feel at the semi-state knowing no matter what happens today, as long as we finish the race, you know, anywhere close to our usual level, we're going to make it through to next week. And so there's, yeah. there's the added pressure, but they, all those teams performed well. That's not the exact same kids, but it, in most of those schools, it is four or five of the same, same boys. Um, and <laughs> yeah, to, to do that last year, it'll be interesting to see if that repeats itself this year. Yeah. Again, I, I you just can't understate how, how great a job all those coaches have done their athletes. I don't want to take anything away from their athletes, but to, to, to deal with all of that over the course of 12 months and all the, all the stuff that happens in a program to, to have, you know, to have those teams here right now, better than they were last year with some, you know, with interchangeable parts in some cases, returning athletes in many cases. I mean, there's just so much that could go wrong, um, but they've all, all the coaches, I really commend them. It's a boy's first year. Let's get into the, the boys race. Okay. Uh, how do you, how do you analyze the individual race? Well, I mean, Sturry Isaiah Sturry is is clearly the, the 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 favorite to win the state meet, but you know it, it certainly isn't gonna isn't by a mile. I mean, you know he's gonna get pushed. We saw that at, at the Flash Rock meet earlier, um, and. he just seems so unflappable you know i mean he just seems to be able to handle everything that gets thrown at him Uh, i would expect that to happen again on saturday but i also you know know because i've seen him you know many many times that's that you know when when athletes get to that last straightaway um, whether you're you know whether you're battling it out with somebody else or not you you gotta you gotta seal the deal And, and isaiah's gonna have to do that as well but but i think he's he's clearly the guy to do it he's experienced talented tough he's got all the tools team wise we talked about it a little bit um but put you on the spot here what are your what are your five boys podium teams so you're not asking me to do a ranking you're asking no, me to I'm, make a no, prediction yes. it, yeah prediction in order all right, all right. so you're finally finally um, we've gotten to the point where i can't i can't fake my way through it with just a a ranking no last um, week you got to say right. what, what you think happens. I think that um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it as suspenseful as possible here. I, I'm going to go in fifth place. I'm going to go with Center Grove. I think they're uh, certainly capable of winning the state meet. I do. Uh, they have, I, I think they have beaten every team this year other than Columbus North, um, unless I, I, I missed something. So they, they finished two back from Columbus North at the Laverne Twilight. Right. And so they, I, I don't, it's no knock against them to put them in fifth. I think these teams are all really, really close. I don't know um, if they beat an HSC. That, that's true. They may not even have raced HSC for, I, I don't even know, but. I don't believe they have. Yeah. So I, I, I'll put them in fifth with the, the one catch here that I do think that and I, I haven't done any of the statistics on this, but I do think 
we may be looking at the, the smallest spread between first to fifth that we've seen in, in decades. Um, and, and certainly I think like between third and fifth, I think it's gonna be really close. But anyway, I'll go Center Grove in fifth. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say the HSC Royals in fourth. I just like their depth a little bit more than Center Grove's depth. And I don't think as good as Center Grove's uh, top guy is, I don't think they're going to get a ton of separation on HSE at one and two. So I'm going to say HSE fourth. I'm going to say Carmel in third. Um, I, I think that the one thing we talked about last week that I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say you as the Carmel representative, or I'm supposed to just say Carmel. In I general, think you should but, say Carmel. All right, Carmel. I'm, I'm think, off the clock right now. All right. Despite I think my the, sweatshirt. The coolest thing I think that Carmel really has going right now is that one-two punch, which I think whoever their coach might be, I think had an idea that they might be pretty good at one-two this season, but I don't know that he thought they'd be quite this good at one-two come Halloween time. Um, and, and that's not anything that, that their coach has told me. I just, that's the vibe that, that I've gotten from their program in general. Right now, you, they, Carmel could be scoring no joke, like four or five points through two runners at the state meet. It is awfully hard to not be in, in the state title contention when you're scoring that low with only three more runners to go. Um, that said, Brabuff did beat Carmel last week. So, uh, and at the regional as well. So I'm going to say Brabuff in that second slot. What an intriguing team to be watching this weekend. Are we just looking at them you know, continuing this like role that they are on because they're, they're gaining fitness. Whereas I think maybe a lot of teams are just sort of holding fitness. Are we really learning a, a whole new way of approaching a season when you're a really talented team is, is Brabuff sort of carving out new territory? Um, not on purpose, of course, but, um, and how to, how to handle the, a season and, and put all your eggs into the postseason basket. Um, I'm going to, so I'm going to say that, that Brabuff in that second slot, it's just too difficult to, to, to bet against the, the Columbus North Bulldogs to win at all this year in, their, in that repeat year. Much like I said about Carmel, they're going to score really low through two runners. I don't think it'll be as low as Carmel is through two, but they're going to be close. Um, and then that, that three, four, five, I mean, they averaged, what, like 15.48 last week. I know Brown County's a fast course, but that's a real solid team time. I think they're the team to beat. What about on the girls' side, the race for second? You're talking about individually? Yes. Well, I, I said earlier in, the, in this podcast that there were kind of two things that we haven't talked a lot about this year. Well, there's a lot of things we haven't talked a lot about, but <laughs> obvious things. One was the New Haven girls semi-state. And the other one is Lily Cridge. I mean, perhaps you've talked more about her with, with Taylor uh, or other podcasts. I don't know. But I, I would just, before we talk about who's going to be second, um, you know, I, I know you're saying that because she's the, you know, the clear cut favorite to win. And I think everybody believes that she's going to, but if she does, this is like a coronation of perhaps the greatest female distance runner in the history of our state. And I, being a girls coach that, that I was for, for, you know, almost 25 years, I can't begin to tell you how incredible the statement that is. You know, you go back to, to the, you know, Yoder and, and Begley or Begley Yoder rather and um, and, and Banfitch and Waverly Near and Roar and I mean even back 
Celeste Sussness and you know some of these great runners in the history of the state of Indiana on the girls' side, to 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 just for us to be able to to kind of assume that's going to happen, which it's probably going to, is is amazing. I mean, because as we, you remember, I mean, back in our first podcast, we were talking about this was going to be the greatest year for individuals and girls in the top five, not just one, not just Craig, but the top five. And honestly. I'm not disappointed in any of those other girls that we talked right. about way back when they've had very, very strong seasons. That's how good Lily Cridge is. Now to get back to your question, um, who's going to be, who, who's in the race in that race for a second. Again, I guess I'm going to show my, uh, my new Prairie bias here. Huh? And uh, it's, you know, Corinna James from, from Lowell is our defending state champ. I, again, I'm, I, I don't think she's lost yet this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know if her fastest times are as fast as, as some of the other girls in contention for that second slot, but I, I think she has to be has to be right there as the as the the favorite, I guess, to be the runner up. That seems to be the consensus among people in the know is that is that she James has has the inside track to finish. I, second. I do want I want to say one thing though: the way a, a race plays out obviously factors into that a lot. I was thinking about when you, you, you I knew you were going to ask me this question. I was thinking about, um, you probably know the year better than I do. Sarah Leinheiser won the state championship in 2015. That's what I thought. And, you know, she was probably the best runner in the state that year, but it wasn't like, like, you know, clear cut by a ton. I think it was a girl named Alex Buck from uh, Pendleton Heights who yeah. ran basically step for step with Lineheiser through about 4K. And I think Buck struggled to finish. I, I, she, was, she, you know, like finished like 100th or something. Yeah, she, she, but, she collapsed down the stretch. And then yeah, she, but it was such a bold race. Like it was, you know, it was like, I'm going for this win. I, I'm either going to win or I'm going to finish 108, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. And, you know, I don't know if, if Corinna James is going to try to do something like that, you know, and if she does, who knows? Who knows what happens? Um, but that obviously could impact, you know, whether or not she finishes second or third or fourth, you know, what have you. Because um, I would love to see somebody try to challenge Cridge, um, but I, I don't know that that'll happen. I mean, can, can it even be done? Like, yeah, I, that's what I mean. I mean, there, I don't. There weren't any races this year, I don't think where Farley or Kennedy even tried to run with her, and it just may be too difficult to even try and do that through the first half of the race at the speed at which Cridge is running. You might be right. The fact that James has, I don't think James has faced Cridge. So maybe there's a, you know, there's a, a curiosity to see if, if she's able to do that. Maybe the state needs the wrong data to test your curiosity, but you know, I mean, I think James has already made her college decision and she's obviously, you know, already going to go down. Her legacy is, is intact. So maybe she tries it. I don't know. You talked about how the race might unfold. What do you think the effects are if it's, say, an inch of rain the 48 hours prior to the meet? Yeah. Just pulling I mean, a scenario out of the hat. Yeah. I mean, well, you, the scenario that you're looking at, I, I was looking at uh, uh, one of the weather sites uh, before we got on, knowing that that was a possibility. And you're right on. I mean, that's the prediction is about an inch of rain uh, between uh, Thursday and Friday, it looks like. So, 
uh, one thing that, that has happened over the last about seven or eight years at Laverne is that that course has, has, has drained drains way better than what it used to. Um, so That's I don't think it will, it will be horribly bad out there, but, but it will impact the races. And when you take into account that plus the pressures for those individuals and teams that have a chance to win and the fact that that course is a grind and, and, and different, I think the weather and, and outside factors, they always do. They're going to play a fact. They're going to play a part in, in, you know, where, where kids finish, where teams finish for sure. All right. How about, how about I put you on the spot again? Your podium teams, you want, you want to go backward? You want to build the suspense like the you did with the boys teams? Sure. Um, I would start by saying that if I, and again, you're asking for predictions. So if I were doing rankings, these would look way different than the predictions. I think um, the, like, I think if I were ranking right now, based on what happened last week at semi-state, a team like Chesterton, I think would have to be in the top five winning the semi-state at New Prairie by as much as they did. I don't have Chesterton finishing in the top five. So um, I guess I'll start with, uh, and I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit here. Um, in fifth place, I'm going to go with my Westfield Shamrocks uh, as, as a podium team. Um, they had a very poor run last weekend um, for them at the semi-state. And I, I just, I think that, uh, um, yeah, I'm, I'm being a homer. I'm going with, with Westfield. I don't have any other explanation. Go Rocks. Go Whitney. Um, in fourth place, I'm going to go with North Central. Uh, you know, great state meet performance last year. Uh, really, other than the semi-state meet, which I think they were missing maybe two girls out of their top seven, if I was looking at that correctly. Um, other than the semi-state meet, I don't think North Central's had a bad meet all year. I mean, they've been incredibly consistent. They're a very strong pack running team. And I don't think their top runner, um, is it, I don't know, is it Rokio? I think is maybe how you Rokio, pronounce that. Yeah, Maddie Rokio. Uh, I, don't, I don't think she's going to, like, I don't think they lack a front runner. They might lack a really, you know, low stick, but I, I think she's going to be, you know, challenging for the top 25. She, she could be in the top 25. When I think yeah. of a front runner at the state meet, I kind of think of like someone that you're pretty confident is going to finish in the top 10. Right. 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 You got someone that's going to, that you could reasonably even say like, this team is scoring four. Yes. She's not boys, in that boat. On the boys side, we could say that Columbus North is going to score four. Yeah. He might score one team point. He might score two. He might score three, yeah. but um, she's probably more likely to score 17 points or 15 points, you know? Yeah. And I think there's even the possibility, depending on how many of those individuals that aren't on teams sneak up in ahead of her, you know, you know, it, let's put it this way. If, and if Rokio throws up a, a 14 as a team play score, that gets, gets them, keeps them right in the ball game with all right. these other teams we're talking about. On and the on the girls' side, side the best individuals are not on teams right. as opposed to the boys where it's the opposite. Yeah. That's what and I mean. Her low, her score could come way down. So like last week at the Shelbyville semi-state Carmel finished fourth, fifth and sixth pretty good, but team score wise, that was one, two, three. Yep. So, yep. you know, Carmel could put, I don't want to step on your, your later things, but Carmel girls could put three in the top 15, but that could only be, 14 points through three girls. Yeah. And if they do that, that will be very, very difficult to beat. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with, I like North central at four. Um, I'm going to go with Noblesville at number three. Um, 
they have had a really interesting postseason run here. Um, and I, I think the, the thing that really impressed me was last weekend at the semi-state was when so many teams in the Shelbyville semi-state kind of faltered or were off a bit, um, they were solid. I mean, I, I, they were just, you know, just bam. Per, you know, they didn't have a perfect race, but I mean, they were just really, really solid and handled the, those pressures and expectations well. So um, I think they have, you know, uh, I think maybe North Central got them once. I think Westfield's gotten them once or twice. But I think more often than not, Noblesville has beaten those teams. So I'm going to say Noblesville third. Here's a, here's a good story, because I remember one time you and I had talked about this, how most people don't know how to interpret a cross-country race. Mm-hmm. And so everyone kind of figures that whoever gets the first fifth runner in is going to win. And yeah, yeah. much of the time that is the case. So it, we're, we're standing by the finish line of the girls race and there's a, someone calling it, some sort of announcer or whatever, and says, hey, well, through 4K, it looks like the Noblesville Millers are winning. And I was like, man, that's not what I, you know, we just had stood on one <laughs> other point on the course about halfway through the race and there were three Carmel girls in the top 10. Yeah, like that's not that's not what I saw. And then our Carmel's three girls come in, boom, 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 and then Noblesville, and then Carmel's fourth beats Noblesville's three, maybe four, uh, well, four, maybe they're three, and then Noblesville's fifth girl comes in, maybe three or four seconds ahead of Carmel's fifth, and I was like, oh, there, that's why. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. You can't beat front running. <laughs> Some somebody was like, well, Noblesville's fifth is is pretty high up there so I they must be winning yeah and I I like Noblesville again like same things we've been talking about with Westfield and North Central as well again I like their number one runner is not going to finish probably you know in the top seven or eight individually but I don't think she's gonna gonna hurt them with with her score at that number one slot and and they're you know they're a fairly deep team they they're similar North Central and Westfield and Noblesville are all similar teams Noblesville has just been a little bit better all year so I'll, I'll say Noblesville third, and then, boy, this is this is a, this is a tough one here that to, to win because it's it it it's it's been tight all year. I think a couple times Carmel and Columbus North have raced. It's it's been close, um, and uh, I I think they are they're different teams. I think Carmel's a little bit more front heavy, and Columbus North's a little bit more uh, more depth oriented, especially at four through seven. Um, so I'm going to go with at the runner-up spot, the Carmel Greyhounds. Um, I, I and the, the only reason I'm going to do that is because I just think that Carmel is going to have to be just money through three. Those top three girls are going to have to be. I used the word unflappable earlier. Believe me, they're certainly capable of it. I'm not in any way doubting that. I guess, but it's just I think they've got to be a little bit more perfect, for lack of a better word, than Columbus North, because um, I think if if Carmel has to go back and score a sixth runner, that, that that's going to be trouble for them. And I think Columbus North can can overcome some some blips in their racing, um, but not a lot because Carmel's going to be right there, and it could be an epic battle. It could be one of the one for the ages. All right, man. Sounds like you've uh, you've done your homework through the season. We've been we've been back and forth on the podcast. All year, I've heard I've heard some people say that uh, that that you're the you're the favorite guest. Me? Oh, I, yes, I they appreciate said that. 
Must be Floyd Central people. We <laughs> Although you'll notice I did not put Floyd Central on the metal stand. Yeah, those same, pe those same people are going to find me and, and uh, they're going to be upset on, on Saturday. It, it hurt me. It hurt me not to do that, but uh, I have no, no they, explanation. They, they, we, we complement each other very well. <laughs> I agree. Josh and I, a little too nerdy. Taylor and I, a little too friendly. Derek <laughs> and I, way too much history. You know, we're saying <laughs> stuff that makes sense to us that, you know, some callback to a TV show from 2005. So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of like an old, uh, like an ESPN broadcast. I get it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, Hey man, I appreciate it. This is uh this is a, a venture that we kind of made up on the fly of the podcast. It's gone, it's gone well. And I uh, thank you. You, this was your idea and you've done a great job with it. And it's been a great uh, boon to the state of Indiana for cross country. And I, I, I appreciate all the, all the feedback and support coaching wise too. you know, the, the stuff we talk about off air, about our, our teams, my team in particular, because I'm still coaching. So it's been a good season. Let's, hey, let's do it again next year. Yeah, good luck. All right. Hey, thanks, man.